0: Welcome to Bikini Diaries. I'm Naima Thompson, businesswoman and IFBB bikini professional. Here, you will get the inside scoop from many bikini professionals and myself as we dive deep into the inner core of our triumphs, hardships, and evolution. This podcast was made to inspire, resonate, and enlighten others with all talks bikini in hopes that you never give up on your dreams thank you so much for tuning in today. Now let's talk bikini. Dear Diary. This episode is brought to you guys by Team Boss Bodies. Have you ever wanted to prep for a show but have nowhere to start? Are you that person who has no interest in prepping for a show at all, but you just want to get that really nice bikini bod? Or have you already accomplished your bikini bod and you've already been on stage, but you just want something a little bit more in your prep, you're just really ready to take it to the next level? Are you someone who wants to try a healthy approach to this dieting game? You want individualized attention and someone to be your guide telling you exactly what to do and when to do it and to also be your number one supporter. If you want to feel a part of a community where all of your goals really matter and you're achieving results and the results are actually maintainable, then I am so excited to invite you into the club. Team Boss Bodies is exactly for you. We specialize in women's health We help women to reach their health and fitness goals. We believe in keeping food as high as possible and cardio as low as possible. We customize your meal plans to your likes and your dislikes. And we also create a plan that is sustainable for your life for the long haul. You also have the option of choosing a more flexible plan if you want to count macros. Each plan includes your training, nutrition, cardio, and supplementation. Plans are adjusted weekly to a bi-weekly basis, and you are checking in twice a week. There's ongoing assessment to target your strengths and your weaknesses, weekly consultations, and ongoing guidance. You get 24-7 access to your coaches through text and email. And let's not forget our perks. We have a Facebook group that's going to help keep you accountable and invite you into a community that loves you and that is on the same journey as you. And team shows to get all of our girls involved. So if this is for you and you're ready to give it a try, you can go to teambossbodies.com/slash apply and use the code Bikini Diaries for 15% off your packages. Now let's get into the episode. I am smiling so big right now. You have no idea how excited I am. I wanted to formally invite each and every single one of you to the biggest event of the year. Boss Bodies is hosting a three-day wellness retreat at the luxurious Laos Hotel in Miami Beach, Florida, being held October 18th, 19th, and 20th. This is an event you won't want to miss. There will be guest speakers, team dinners, brunches, a group beach workout, giveaways, meet and greets, and so much more. Be prepared to be inspired, educated, and motivated to take on life like never before. It's seriously the best feeling to be around like-minded individuals with similar values seeking to accomplish their health and fitness goals. Right now, since you are a member of the Bikini Diaries podcast community, I am giving the first 10 people who sign up a discount of 25% off the original ticket offer so how do you receive this offer and remember we're only taking 75 people everyone is invited and this is very very limited event because we want it to be personable and we want to be able to connect so again how do you receive this discount Please email teambossbodies at gmail.com. Mention that you're a member of the Bikini Diaries community and receive your large discount. Oh, I am so excited for you to be my guest and I can't wait to see you all there. I'm looking forward to meeting each and every single one of you, taking photos and giving each other a big squeeze. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the Bikini Diaries podcast. So in the past, we have discussed the struggles of gaining weight post-show and of course, you know, post-show blues because of it. But what about if you actually have to put on weight because the judge's critique is that you need to be much fuller and that you need to put on a lot more muscle? My guest today has actually gone through this she went from having a stage weight of 100 pounds to now a stage weight of nearly 120 pounds because of this exact critique. And she continues to get the same critique over and over and over again. So how the heck do you actually get comfortable with doing that? I mean, putting on that much weight... Wow. Today she is going to actually talk to us about this struggle. We are also going to talk to her about her mental methods of competing back-to-back, keeping her weight within five pounds of stage weight, which we all need tips on, keeping her personal life and competing life completely separate, and what has kept her growing strong in the sport these last five years. She is a true success, an Olympian, and inspirational leader to all women out there. So without further ado, I am so excited and delighted to introduce to you IFBB bikini professional, Monica Ellis. Hi, Monica. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you so much.
0: I'm so excited to have you on. can't wait for everyone to learn more about who you are.
1: Me too. I'm really excited.
0: All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started with the bikini hack. Just a series of questions to get to know you a little bit better. So tell us, Monica, where are you from? So I am from Arlington, Texas. Okay. It's where, it's where the
1: Ranger Stadium and Cowboy Stadium is located.
0: <laughs> awesome. And are you still living there now?
1: No. So I, I live like probably 15 minutes away um, in Fort Worth, Texas.
0: Oh, okay, but still in Texas. Yeah. And how many years have you been competing?
1: It's been five and a half years. This This entire year will be my sixth year.
0: Yay, me too. Yes. Yeah, that's
1: exciting. <laughs> that's awesome, girl. I feel you.
0: <laughs> and how old are you, Monica?
1: I am 28.
0: Oh, my God, really? I'm going to be 28 <laughs> next month.
1: Oh my goodness, happy early birthday.
0: Thank <laughs> you. That's so funny. And what do you do for a living?
1: So, I do contract negotiations for a technology company called IBM. So, people our age don't really know who IBM is, but most older people do.
0: Okay, that's pretty interesting. And when yeah. and where did you get your pro card?
1: So, I got it um, in Nationals in Miami back in 2015.
0: Nice. So, you've already been a pro for like three years. Three yes, or four years now
1: it feels like forever ago.
0: I can only imagine. And, and <laughs> what's a favorite quote that keeps you going?
1: So my favorite quote is by Lori Harder, and it's, you are not what you have been told.
0: You are what you believe. Mm, I love Lori Harder. And exactly what does this mean to you? Why is this your favorite? So I think,
1: you know, our parents and society are always telling us who to be, what to do, and who we are. And I think we get that, we get to make that decision ourselves. We get to decide who we are, what we want to do in life and who
0: we want to become and, and essentially evolve into. Name one quality about yourself that makes you a really strong athlete.
1: I think relentless. Um, I am always trying to push myself. I'm, extremely disciplined, punctual. Um, I don't see any limits and I, I don't see the word no, like the word no doesn't exist in my mind. So I will just, I will stay the path and just keep moving forward until I'm
0: forced to stop. And even then I'll still try to break it down just to get through. Oh, I can only imagine. I mean, you've you've been so consistent. Like of all the competitors that I follow, like you are so consistent and you just continue to bring your best each and every single time you step on stage. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So Monica, tell us, and I'm sure you get this one all the time, but exactly what keeps you motivated?
1: I like pushing myself. I don't like staying stagnant. When I get stagnant, I get bored and almost depressed. I want to constantly learn and evolve so just pushing my limitations not just in competing but outside of competing like becoming a better um you know employee becoming an um a better you know person to others a person i mean a better um daughter to my to my parents or even just a better girlfriend to my boyfriend
0: Hmm. no i i think that's interesting that's awesome that you that it's it's more to you than just than competing yeah definitely so why do you exactly do you compete? Like what is your why? So my why is I at first it was just a hobby
1: and that was really my why just something to fill my time up because I love health and fitness I'm obsessed with it. But then it turned to so much more because I've seen how we you and I impact so many people around us, not just our friends and family, but even through our community on Instagram and how we can help so many women, you know, with the mental battles that they're going through in regards to the image of themselves. So that has become my why is to help other women.
0: That is absolutely amazing. I feel like you do that. I feel like over the years you've been more open with us. You know what I mean? You're sharing a lot yes. more and just engaging more and it's just it shows and like I feel like we can really connect on you connect with you on like a more like a deeper level. Absolutely. So we thank you for that. Yeah, of course. And bring us back to your greatest bikini moment. I'm sure there's been so many, <laughs> especially within like the last year, of course, but yes. if you could pick one. Okay. So I have to say
1: Olympia. And it was, it's because it's the ultimate goal for most of us. And it was right when I was about to go on stage, what went through my head was, oh my gosh. I finally made it. And it didn't sink in until I, was, I walked out and I faced the crowd. And literally, for a split second, I had that deer in the headlight look because I got scared with the realization of, oh my God, this is Olympia. And then I snapped out of it. But it's just like in that moment, you know, all those years of hard work um, finally came together. And it was just a beautiful moment for me.
0: Wow. So it was much more than like a placement then. Like when you got there, it wasn't even like, I have to win. It was just like, oh my God, like I literally like did this thing. Like.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Wow. I hope I get to feel that.
1: (laughs) You will. You will. I promise you that. And it's such an amazing feeling.
0: Oh, that's so amazing. (laughs) So we're coming to a conclusion of our bikini hacks. So if you could pick one, what would be your favorite? prepping, stage day, or post-show treats?
1: Mm. I think
0: show day. Okay. Why? I think
1: we focus so much like leading up to show day and we don't focus enough on like what we do on show day. Mm. Like posing, you know, stress management, like our mindset, you know, when we're about to
0: walk on stage. No, definitely. I feel the same way. Like, I feel like I get so stressed out about the whole show that, like, I forget to enjoy and then it's over and I'm like, oh my God, I didn't even have enough fun. Like, I didn't laugh once. Yeah. I'm like,
1: <laughs> just exactly. so focused on
0: getting up there. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And I've talked to so many women who say, I just mentally wasn't there on show day, but leading up to the show, they were. Mm,
0: that's so interesting. I wonder why that is. I don't I don't know. But I definitely feel like uh, doing this back to back show thing has definitely uh, helped me to kind of like relax a little bit more. Um, because I've realized that like, I can't keep getting on stage and just like flying through the whole thing. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it, it really helps doing shows back to back. And then you become more confident, of course.
0: How do you feel, though, like when you for show day, do you feel like you just kind of like run through it really quickly or do you feel like you live in the moment a little bit more? Like what's your take?
1: So probably the first year as a pro, um, I, you know, I was just really
0: enjoying the experience
1: because I had no expectations. I was really in the moment. Um, I would say my second year as a pro, I was like, okay, it's time for me to start placing. And I wasn't at the beginning of the year and it really got to me and so I became more and more stressed
0: mm-hmm. and I was
1: not enjoying show day anymore and even though I I take losing with a lot of grace and humility it still hurts and so I lost a little bit of confidence my second year mm-hmm. um, and then my third year I was like nope you know what I'm going to enjoy it I can't control the outcome I can only do so much so whatever happens happens and so now I've really just learned to you know, meditate before a show and just really live in the moment and enjoy myself.
0: Yay. That's so amazing. So can you bring us back to like exactly how you got into fitness? And then also like what drew you into becoming a bikini competitor?
1: Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. I was a cheerleader at Baylor University um, and I was on the co-ed squad. So, you know, it it was male cheerleaders and females. And my stunting partner at the time was prepping for his first physique competition. And I had no idea what that even was. Um, but him and his girlfriend were prepping, and I just saw him getting kind of skinnier and skinnier, and he was losing energy. And I was like, Oh my god, this guy's about to throw me up in the air. Does he even have the energy to catch me? But, anyways, he I was kind of like intrigued with what he was doing, and I was asking him a ton of questions, and he finally said, Hey just come out to a show. So I went out to my first show. It was my senior year of college and I fell in love with everything competing just because being a cheerleader, I love the glitz and glam. You know, you're wearing a skirt, you get, you get dolled up, you do your makeup and your hair and you're out in front of a crowd Well, the same thing for competing, but these women were strong and had muscle and I thought it was so taboo and it was something that was so needed and so rare to see in society, just women with muscle, um, that
0: I just, I wanted to be a part of it. Yeah. And then you did the damn thing and then you became a pro in 2015. Exactly. And just, I love the muscle
1: on bikini and because I'm super, I'm, I'm petite, I started off competing. I started off. Before competing at 104 pounds, you know I got down 100 pounds for my first show. so I just knew I'd never be able to put on the amount of muscle for a figure. even though I love the way figure looks. you know, bikini is just that's what
0: I'm genetically made for. Yeah, definitely. How tall are you? I'm five4. Oh, okay. so when did you actually get that critique that you needed to put on muscle and how did you actually process that in your brain? Okay, so that critique has stayed with me since day one of my first competition. (laughs) It is still
1: my critique today um, that I need to fill out more just overall. You know, that's basically my only critique is just put on more size, put on more size, fill out more. Um, But I was okay with it because I knew I was petite. I would compare myself to the pros. I was trying to look at their weight. I'm like, okay, these girls at the Olympia level are coming in at, at like 125 pounds around the same height as me, but I'm doing shows, you know, at the very beginning at 107 pounds, 112, you know, in between there. And so I was like, I, I knew what I had to do in order to be where I wanted to be. And that was to put on size. And I was okay with that because I no longer wanted to be skinny Like being skinny, I was kind of insecure because I had this guy a long time ago tell me I had the body of a 12 year old in high school and it kind of stuck with me. And in my mind, I was convinced I'm going to prove him wrong one day. And when I saw the bikini um, competitors, they had curves, like they built curves, even if they didn't have any. Mm. So I was perfectly fine with, you know, putting on the muscle and the weight.
0: Definitely, it's so funny. It's interesting that you mentioned, like, uh, you know, when you first started, you were like a hundred pounds, one hundred and five pounds, and and then you had to put on weight. And I feel like that happens. Like, I think, like on the NPC, they want you to be so so tiny, and it's mm-hmm. like you you lose all size, and then when you become a pro, they're like, wait, you're way too small now. You need to get bigger. I I find that so interesting, but I feel like it's just, it's just like that was my experience as well.
1: <laughs> you, no, you're absolutely right. It's like who can get the most shredded on the NPC stage, but then who can be like the most muscular and fool on the pro
0: level? Exactly. So interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've had the same experience too. So what methods have actually helped you uh, gain weight? Okay. So I've tried just about everything.
1: Um, (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Like literally low carb, high carb, hit cardio, steady state, eating tons of carbs and eating freely in the off season, you know, the whole bodybuilder mindset, eat all you want. um, And you'll gain all the weight in the muscle, which definitely did not work for me in the off season. You know, the first off season. (laughs) I can only imagine. Yeah. I was like, pop tart gains. Okay. I did not gain muscle. I, (laughs) I, I put on a little too much weight, but it was a learning experience. So what I have found is just, my body type, I'm an ectomorph and I need to eat more. And for the longest time before my current coach, I was not being fed enough. Um, um, and it was not helping my physique. I was not building, I was, you know, getting a lot of adrenal fatigue just by doing an hour of cardio a day, you know, staying on like, um, you know, a thousand calories a day, six months out from a, it six, six weeks out from a show. And that was running me down. So I had a, you know, my current coach finally said, okay, you need to eat. And when you don't need to be doing that much cardio. So we put me on a macro plan and you know, this entire time I've just slowly increased my, my carbon take back up, and my fats, you know, to a reasonable spot. And we've just really kept it there. We don't crash diet. Um, we don't deplete me super hard. Um, we kind of keep food pretty stable. Um, but I also stay fairly lean year round because, you know, my macros don't shoot up high and they don't go super low. So I never have those dips. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really do steady state anymore. I just do like 15 to 20 minutes of, of higher, um, of hit training. Um, and that's anywhere from, you know, on doing it on the stairmaster some days and then maybe doing it, you know, at the gym like battle ropes and medicine ball slams. So just keeping my calories consistent and at a really good place for my metabolism. And then hit cardio has just been my my go to for just putting on weight.
0: And when did you exactly switch to this coach? When did you actually change all of your methods?
1: So that was I think end of twenty sixteen. Hmm.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. So you've been with him for a minute then. That's awesome. I mean, we've definitely seen the progress. Like you've definitely put on a lot of muscle. How exactly did you do this without freaking out about gaining weight? Because I think that that's the hard part. It's like, it's fun to put it on. But once you're putting it on, how did you actually like not freak out about it?
1: So I'll admit the first year I was working with my coach, I freaked out because my body had been so run down that I was going to gain weight regardless you know, eating in a caloric sur- surplus. So it was hard. Um, I didn't feel comfortable in my skin. My clothes weren't fitting anymore. And I, I didn't feel athletic because you really couldn't see the muscle, you know, like when you're shredded down, uh, I, he made me do a lot of internal work. So what that consisted of was reading books, working on my mindset, listening to podcasts. Um, and you know, of course I listened to Lori Harder and, you know accepting myself and loving my body for the stage that it was in
0: that's that was my go-to mm, I love that but, and and yeah. obviously like we all love Bikini Diaries but what other podcasts did you listen to for the audience so if they need to do internal work they can also get this um get this from other podcasts yeah absolutely so of course Bikini Diaries um Lori
1: Harder is one of my absolute favorites um, and then also just, I I love reading books. So if somebody wants to listen to um, an audio book or just have a book um, in hand, uh, the book called Relentless by Tim Grover.
0: Mm. All very, very good. I love Lori Harder and I've already read Relentless twice audio. So yes. good. I love it. <laughs> yes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's amazing. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've done, you, so your coach, um, you know, did, this for you he recommended you do a lot of this and what did you feel how did you feel like everything changed for you
1: I think it made me it made me much more confident and and it made me realize that you're going to have to become uncomfortable you have to become comfortable with being uncomfortable Mm. and you need to accept the stage and the season that you're in and a lot of that just helped me mental helped a lot of the anxiety of putting on weight. Um and also just my coach monitoring me. Like we weren't allowing me to put on, you know, ten to fifteen pounds in the off season. We would get up maybe like five to seven pounds, but that was it. And in the scope of things, like five to seven pounds is not a lot. That's healthy. Oh, that's
0: so extremely just, healthy. Yeah. So it was a mindset shift. Hmm. Oh my God. The honorary tees are now available. I am stoked. These tees were designed by me and they represent everything this podcast is about. Strength, overcoming struggles, making the impossible possible, having a voice in the sport, and of course, never giving up on your dreams. If you want to be a supporter of this movement, then head over to naimafit.com shop to grab yours today, use the code Bikini Diaries for twenty percent off your order. I will be ever so grateful. Awesome, and exactly how were you able to only you know put up put on like five to seven pounds? I feel like this is so hard for some women. So, what do you think was like your secret sauce for like doing that?
1: Yeah, so I I struggle post show, of course, like any other person um we and we wouldn't reverse me from my like the week before peak week macros we would go straight to maintenance to maintenance macros or maintenance calories Mm. so i mean of course initially i would gain a couple pounds of water weight um but right that kept me from binging Um, And it kept me just from just going off the rails, to be honest, but we would keep me there for several weeks just to let my body, my hormones adjust and to help me put on a little bit of body fat. And from there we would gradually increase like super small increments, increase my macros. Now I'm extremely disciplined. So I won't like, even if I've been in off season for like my longest off season is three months, but you know, (laughs) that was
0: like my next question, but
1: (laughs) yeah, exactly. That's not really an off season, but like halfway through my off season, then um, I just, I, I don't go off the rails. I stay within my macros because I know ultimately there's, there's a bigger goal at the end. And if I want to get there, I need to be diligent.
0: Mm. So to So Mm -hmm. to me, it seems like it's more of like a mental shift for you. Th- that's yes. wh- how you're able to stay on track. You know, the bigger, you know, the bigger picture, you know, you know that this is this, you know, you're only gaining a few pounds. You know what I mean? Um, you're staying within, you know, range of where you need to be. You um, are making pr- gains and you know, you know, what you're what your um goal is. So that's helping you stay on track. And then also with the support that you have from the research that you've been um you know you've been doing and then the support obviously from your coach, I feel like that's basically been able to help you stay on stay on point. I think some some ladies uh what happens is off season they they don't have the support. They don't have the direction and they forget about the ultimate goal. And um I think that like the way you're doing it is definitely a way that we all kind of need to you know, do it in order to, you know, get the, get the results that you're getting as well. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And we all experience mental burnout after a show. So it's really easy for us to just go off the rails post-show, but I think it's important that we invest, um, in, you know, reverse dieting or just staying on a plan post-show. And I know, I know it's expensive, mm-hmm. but you can, you can save the money. And, you know, if, if you're adamant about it,
0: so you've been following – how long have you been following macros?
1: Since the end of 2016.
0: Ooh, love it. Yeah. And exactly like how do you do your macros? Like do you – are you someone who's like, I'm going to fit in a snicker bar. I'm going to see if I can <laughs> fit in, you know, this pizza. Like how What? – what is like your go-to for structuring your plans? Yeah. So when I first started, I got off – um
1: of course, a meal plan. And I went straight to macros and I tried to keep all my basic foods in there, like protein, um, and veggies, but I was kind of playing with my carbs. So, you know, at first I was trying to fit in a pop tart, but that was kind of making me hungry because I didn't leave any room left, you know, for just volume foods like oats and sweet potatoes. Um, but we started in the off season. So that helped me just kind of get it out of the way of just like, okay, let me try and fit this and let me try and fit this. But I quickly realized that it wasn't making me feel good because I was always trying to fit in a pop tart or just like a muffin or something. Um, and I realized I, I wanted to stick to being healthy and sticking to, you know, organic and healthy foods. Um, so that was probably like the first year. Upping on macros, where I, tr- I try to fit in everything, but then after that, I've of course shifted um, into more nutrient dense foods. However, I have posted on my high carb days things like cereal, pop tarts, you know, all the fun foods. Um, but that's because it's—I don't want
0: to eat like 20 ounces of sweet potato in a day. It's just too much food. Oh yeah, um, definitely. When your macros get that high, it's it's hard to eat yeah. like all of the 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 uh, you know the the um. The foods that are so filling like the potatoes and and rice and stuff like that so the fun-filled foods are you know not as filling but then also satisfying <laughs> yeah exactly
1: because at 400 grams of carbs like of course i can fit in a pop tart and you're, you kind of feel like bloated even at 400 grams of carbs and so i try to show women okay fit in your fun foods you don't need to eat it every single day but like you know
0: you can fit it in there and still reach your um goals Mm, definitely. So, what do you think are your major struggles that you have faced when trying to put on the weight? Patience. Mm. It
1: you know, it for women it takes us such a long time, and I've been going at this for five and a half years, and it's and I've put on about five pounds a year, which is, you know, the average for most women, and it's just realizing I'm not naturally. I'm not naturally gifted. I don't have the genetics. I don't. I'm not one of these girls right off the bat who, like, wins their pro show, you know, their their first or second try, and then goes straight to Olympia and gets top five Olympia. No, I'm, I'm, you know, like a like a snail, um, and it's I'm, I'm getting better slowly and slow slowly and slowly, but it's hard for me to not get depressed by that. Mm. So just being patient. And just knowing that, okay, I'm doing things the right way and the healthiest way, and I'm going to get there. It may be slower than others, but I will eventually get there.
0: How many shows have you done, Monica?
1: I have done 23.
0: Wow, 23 shows. I hope everyone hears that. takes a lot of shows to get to where you are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a ton. And just overall, like about competing, like what would you say is the hardest thing about competing?
1: Um, I would say is you shouldn't make competing your end all be all. I think a lot of times we get stuck in thinking that competing is the only thing that matters in life. So it's really hard to just, when you're constantly competing all year round to not get into that mindset, you know, you kind of seclude your family and your friends because you're always on prep. So that's just kind of been the hardest thing, but Honestly, I've learned to balance that of just when I'm in the gym, it's my time. But as soon as I walk out that door, I give my time to my family and my friends 100%. And I don't talk about competing or anything with them. I try and live a normal life.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh that is so interesting that you don't talk about uh competing so much when you're with them. What mm-hmm. other things do you do to kind of uh maintain that balance? I mean that's actually a really good tip to kind of, you know, your gym time is your gym time but your family time is your family time like try to keep things separate. Exactly.
1: So I make people around me aware like at work, a lot of people, you know, I'll talk to people about nutrition and stuff when they have questions, but they know not to ask me about competing other than they ask me how my show went because they genuinely care and my family. But with my family and my friends, I, I tell them, I don't want to talk about competing. I want to be normal when I'm with you all. So I, I set that boundary up front and then, you know, a lot of times when we're competing and people ask us, Hey, you want to, you know, when your friends say, let's go to six flags, or let's go to the water park or let's do this and that. A lot of us say no, because we're tired you know, mentally and physically, but I force myself to say yes to those things because if I wasn't prepping or competing, I would say yes. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So it's that, it's that mindset shift of, okay, I'm going to say yes and I'm going to live a normal life and I'm not, I'm not going to think about competing and I'm going to have fun and enjoy my time with the people that I care about.
0: And how has, how has life changed for you now that you've been able to do that? It's made me much happier And it's made the
1: people around me much happier because they were always, you know, saying, Oh gosh, you're always competing. Like I kind of miss hanging out with you. I miss the old Monica. Of course we change. And I tell them this is a new Monica, but I've made that separation and it's that separation has made me much happier. And I don't resent competing as much. I don't resent competing because I've lost that touch with my family and friends. I, enjoy it because I do have that boundary and that separation.
0: So would you, would you, um, say that like before, I mean, maybe like your first two years competing, you were definitely a little bit, you know, you didn't have that balance and like, it was very hard to do the things that you do now. I was extremely
1: hard to balance it between, you know, a relationship and my family and my friends and with work. And it, it, was becoming intertwined and it wasn't making me happy because I, it was affecting my personal relationships and my happiness. Did it ever make you want to give up? Like stop competing? It never made me want to give up because I, I don't like giving up. I will drive myself into the ground before I give up, <laughs> but, um, it made me focus on my mindset and, you know, and to learn to evolve, I can make it work. I just need to find a way to make it work.
0: Mm. No, I love this. I love that uh, you've been able to find different ways to make it work. And do you feel like even at the level that you're at, I mean, I kind of feel like we've already answered this question, but honestly, do you feel like the level that you're at, you are still able to have that balance? Or do you feel like, you know, in order to be Miss Bikini Olympia, you just, you have to just like be like all in, (laughs) like no balance?
1: Yeah. No, I don't think you have to be all in. I think you know, there are seasons when you're meant to be all in, you'll be all in like, you know, a couple of weeks before your show, that's your time to be selfish and to be all in. But before that, like just be all in at the moments of time that you have to be all in. So I wake up at 4am to do my cardio because that's when, that's the only time that I can make it fit because I go to, I have to be at the office at 7am for my job. Um, and then, you know, I focus on work. I don't focus on competing, and then once you know I leave work and I'm at the gym, that's my time. And then as soon as I leave the gym, I don't focus about I don't focus on competing because it doesn't serve it doesn't serve me or anyone around me.
0: Mm, you know, I see
1: to stay in that mindset.
0: You know, I saw the other day that you had posted something about um, finding happiness in hard work. Can you enlighten us? What exactly does that mean? Finding happiness in hard work
1: mm-hmm, so I feel like we can get so much fulfillment in hard work. I think hard work teaches us so many lessons, you know, and hard work can be grueling but it but if you focus on it and see it as, hey, this hard work is making me a better person, it's making me a better athlete, it's making me a better individual um And that's how ultimately I'm going to change and become the person that I want to be. If that is Miss Bikini Olympia or that is a high caliber competitor, we have to do the hard work. But instead of seeing it as hard work, like, oh my God, I have to, you know, work out. I have to stay on my meal plan. I have to, you know, get super lean for the show. I feel bad. Like, no, that's part of the process. If you were like, you own your own business in your own podcast, it's hard work, but you love it. And you probably see it as I Get to do this. I get to become better. Um, that's what I meant by the quote. Just mm. finding fulfillment and just that mindset shift.
0: No, I love this because there's so many people. I feel like when they want to compete, they're like, "I'm going to be happy when I'm skinny," or "I'm going to be happy when I want a show." And it, honestly, it 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 sounds great, but that's not necessarily like what's going to bring you happiness. I think finding the happiness and actually committing to a goal, you know what I mean, working hard and the developmental process that goes in, that's the mental shift right there. You know what I mean? That's what's creating that that uh lease of endorphins that's making you feel happy. You know, you're like, oh my gosh, like I did this, you know, not the end goal, because sometimes it's not always the end goals. You know, I feel like even when you win shows, it's not, that's not what you're happy about. You're happy about everything you did to get there. Yeah, Yeah, no, exactly.
1: Like, and even when we win shows, it's like, okay, we're happy for a second. And then we say, what's next? Exactly. It's for a split second, but it's that journey
0: that Mm. gets us there, that brings us happiness. So what do you think holds people back from actually putting in 100%? Fear. I think it's
1: fear. And that fear can be different for all of us. That can be, you know, doubt, you know, fear of not being good enough, you know, fear of if we put in the work and we don't get it, are we going to be disappointed in ourselves? Are the people around us going to be disappointed? Are we going to be judged if we don't get that outcome? Um. So. I personally think it's just fear.
0: Mm.
1: That's a that's the main driver.
0: What is your fear?
1: My fear is not accomplishing my own personal goals. And I'm I've learned to adjust that goal. I can still have that main goal, but I can adjust the journey and the way that I go about getting there. My fear is, you know will I ever be as good as I want to be in this sport? But at the end of the day, I've realized, okay, maybe I will be, maybe I won't. But look at everything that I've done, you know, to get to this point. Look at the amount of women that I've helped. Look at the amount of people that I've impacted in my journey. Like That is so much more fruitful. Um. So, you know, that fear has, has slowly gone away because there was so much more Behind competing than that end goal. It's still there and it's, you know, it's still my main focus, but there's just so much more purpose in the journey that I've been through.
0: And um, exactly what are your goals, Monica? Like, what are you, what's the ultimate goal? And then what are some goals that you have for this year?
1: Yeah. So for this year, I would like to, I would like one or two more pro wins. That's my goal. Um, my goal. Of course would be to be top five at the Olympia before I retire. I've been going about this for so long. I want to once I retire, I'd like to end on a high note. Um, ultimate goal, of course we all want to be Miss Bikini Olympia. Will that happen? Maybe, maybe not. But I can still I you know, I can still aim for it. And even if I get like third at the Olympia and then I retire, I'll still be happy.
0: Exactly. So how long do you see yourself competing? Hmm, I'm not sure. Okay, and then also you said that um, there's so much more to to uh, there's so much more to this than just competing and you're doing so much uh, you' you know you're able to affect so many different people in so many different ways. Have you ever thought about other ways that you could branch off and maybe affect other women besides stepping on stage? Yes, so that is actually one of my end goals.
1: Um, I want to use my platform and competing as a driver for, my next uh, journey in life. And that is to, you know, I'm in the process of just starting up my own business where I do help other women. And that's going to be my end goal and my outcome for competing all these years to share that experience with other women and help them mentally and physically.
0: Mm, That is so amazing. I love this. I love this. So I kind of wanted to talk a little bit of more about like your feelings when you're getting like closer to a stage like what are the feelings that we experience or or I should make this more personal what are the ex- things yeah. that you experience when you're getting close to a stage okay so I experience every emotion
1: like probably like we all do like I will go through fear doubt extreme happiness and, you know I'll be extremely focused and then I'll you know I want to have a mental breakdown the next day just every single emotion but I've learned to just stay the path and just know that I'm choosing this and I should just be happy and I get more and more focused the closer that stage time comes because I'm going there with an intention so I keep that attend that intention as my main goal, my main focus.
0: Definitely. I feel like there's so many of us who, you know, we go through so many downs and we feel like we're the only ones. How often would you say you go through a down? I mean, I can tell you, I probably, I probably, I go through a down maybe (laughs) once or twice a week. I'm not, (laughs) maybe a couple times a day. (laughs) Some Some months. (laughs) What you? What's normal to make everyone else feel a little bit more normal out there? (laughs) Oh, I, I go
1: through it down. I, I I swear I'm prep like almost all year round, but it's almost once a week. It, it, it never fails. I will just have a split second where I just go through this down. Um, but I, it happens to all of us. Like, I have it almost once a week. I had one yesterday because I was just tired mentally and physically and I had to snap out of it. But like even though I've been doing this for so long, I still go through it. And I don't think it's ever going to stop, to be honest. And I don't even if, if I wasn't competing, I would probably still go through a down, you know, per, you know, in my in my career if I was pursuing my own business or even in a relationship or anything. No, so it's not for just true. Sure.
0: Yeah and it and it's and you're right it's not just competing it probably be something else you know you you are so like driven you know what i mean and you just are yes. someone who's always going to be busy doing something and accomplishing something so whatever your next venture is i'm sure you'll go you'll have your downs about that as well exactly now what would you say whenever you're going through the down and you, we talk more about like the mental aspect what is it ab- about it what what's the mental Thing that like really puts us down. Like, what is it? What is that one thing you can put your finger on? And you're like, this is why I get this <laughs> way sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's. Oh what my is goodness. it about competing? What is it? Yeah,
1: I think it's just fear, fear of failure. You know, I don't have some people have fear of su- succeeding. I have fear of failure, and then of course comparison. I see some people have it so much. You know, as yes, it's only a few. But there are a few competitors that have the quick route, you know, that they are genetically blessed and they only do a few shows and they've already made it to top five at the Olympia. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm 23 shows in and I'm not even anywhere close. Mm -hmm. And so that, that doubt and that fear just pops into my head and it brings me down. And I allow myself to feel that and I don't judge myself for it. And I let myself yeah, I let myself sulk for a little bit. And once I start to cool off, I tell myself, okay, but that's, that's maybe not your journey. That's not the journey that God gave you. Like maybe you are supposed to go at this a little bit longer and you're going to try, you're going to have to try a little bit harder, but that's okay because this journey is made for you and there's a purpose behind it. And I and even though some days I don't want to remind myself of that, I have to, because that's the only thing that's going to get me out of that down.
0: Hmm. no that's that's so so amazing and and so important that you remind yourself of that you continue to remind yourself of that that's it, 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 you know I I know that you listen to you know audiobooks and I know that you you know listen to podcasts and I feel like that's probably like your you know everyday um mantra or everyday yes. like you know uh meditation yes. that you go through but is there any one person in your life, maybe a mentor or someone that has kind of helped you?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I will be honest. I'm a very private person and I keep a lot of things to myself because in my mind, I used to think these are my problems. I'm not going to put them onto anyone else. You know, I'm not going to sit there and just, you know, nobody wants to listen to that, even though we're the first ones that are there for our friends but in my mind, I didn't think anyone wanted to listen to it. It's my issues. I'm going to deal with it. So for the first few years of competing, I didn't have anyone to talk to. I didn't have anyone that I could relate to. Um, But I found that talking to other competitors just throughout the years, they would start to open up and then I would open up. And it was such an incredible moment for me to have someone that could relate, and that's how I started to finally open up, and I realized the importance of having a group of women that you could go to who do compete, who can relate. And from there, I was like, okay, this is helpful. This is therapeutic. Um, and then I met my coach, and of course, he became my mentor, and he helped me a lot with my mindset. And he told me, you know, you need you're you're gonna have moments. You need to you need to start opening up more. And so I started, you know, to open it more to my family just about my downs. And they were so accepting of it. Um, And I know we don't all get that. Some some friends and family don't understand why we compete or don't accept it. But I've made it a priority just to find people that I can open up to who are open to listening to whatever I'm going through.
0: No, that's great. I think that's amazing that, you know, I, I mean I feel the same way. Like there's a lot of girls, you know, in the sport that I've been able to talk to, and I feel like that's made it a lot easier. You know what I mean? Talking to someone who um, actually understands what you're going through, and and um, I always feel like kind of like how you said, there's a season for everything. I always feel like there's a person for everything, you know, there is, it, yes. you know, like your mom can't be your best friend, your boyfriend, your sister, and, and your, you know, your, your workout buddy, you know? So it's like, everybody's got to have like their own place or their own like job for whatever it is that you, you need them for. So I think that that's amazing that you were able to open up to the athletes and, and, um, you know, yeah, talk to yeah, them. You, you hit the nail on the head
1: with, there's not a, person that can be everything. So you need to find those little pockets of people.
0: So what about going to the Olympia and getting to the Olympia? What is that struggle really like? Since I've only done it once,
1: there was I was so excited my first prep that there I was that fire fueled me. So there wasn't a lot of struggle going into the Olympia. And I had done a few shows prior and it was and I had done, you know, I got my second pro win. And I was placing, you know, top, top two, top three at these shows. So I was going in fueled. Now there is struggle going to Olympia now because we're all on we're all on the point system mm-hmm. and we're just fighting for that. So now it's just like that fear of, am I going to have enough points? You know, or am I going to be burnt out by the time I get to Olympia? Is my body just going to, Take a nose dive once I get to Olympia this year or is my body gonna hold up like how am I gonna do? are people expecting me to place better this year? what if I don't? what if people start judging me you know for my placings there's a lot of expectations and fears this year going into Olympia than there were last year because there were no expectations.
0: So what what have you like? What's your strategy like? How do you plan on getting there? Like, what's your next show? How many shows do you think you're going to do? Like, how do you see this year going? Yeah. So, um, I don't know what my next show
1: is going to be. In all honesty, it it literally changes every couple of days. De- depending Why is that? on. How- <laughs> <It's> <laughs> because of the highs and the lows. <laughs> oh, of course, <laughs> those guys. Like one second, I'm like, oh, I can totally do this show in X amount of weeks. And then the next day I'm like, oh my God, I need a break. I need to go into off season. I need to shut it down, you know, up until I'm going to be a little bit closer. It literally, girl, changes every single couple of days. Um, But my strategy is just to stay focused and know that it's okay to have the highs and lows. Um, And that's why I have a coach to keep me sane, and he lets me talk to him and Talk through emotions, and then he is like, "Okay, you need to like tone it down a little bit. Like you're gonna be okay. You know, let's rethink our strategy."
0: Wow, that is so funny. I love that you opened up and shared that with us. That like literally, like you just don't even know when your next show is gonna be. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it's just crazy. <laughs> How would you say that like competing's really impacted your life in more of like a positive way?
1: Yes. Yeah, so I. I'm so grateful for competing because it has brought out my strengths Um, and it has shown me what I'm capable of because life doesn't stop while you and I are prepping. It keeps going. So whatever we're going through in life, we're also prepping. Like nobody in life really gets to experience what it's like to go through the highs and lows of life. And then you add prepping and dieting and being uh, physically and mentally exhausted to an extreme and being able to push ourselves through that is so rewarding. And if we can push ourselves through that, we can literally do anything in life. And so that discipline and that drive I've implemented into my career and I've seen my career thrive and I've put that into just being relentless in my relationships, um, you know, with, you know, with my boyfriend and also with my family and just being better and knowing that I can, I can better myself for them and so it's made me more confident in my abilities as a person, and it's forced me to change in all aspects of my life to become the better a better version of myself.
0: Mm, definitely. And what about the opportunities, like in the sport? Uh, what opportunities have come your way? Yeah, so of course, just representing different companies that I
1: believe in. I don't have a lot of sponsors. I've had the same sponsors for years. Um, And just getting to grow with those companies and being able to support them um, and just the opportunities of just helping other women out, even if it's just having a conversation with them, if they're going through a down, you know, in regards to their self-image, you know, those have been some of the
0: greatest opportunities that have come my way from competing. Do you feel like there's any money in this sport at all? Um, Everybody always asks me that. Do you get paid? Do you make any money? <laughs>
1: no, you don't. I don't think there's any. I mean, I think if you want a show, you of course you get a nice check. But that that money literally pays for that show, so it's a break even. Definitely. Um, I think if you use competing as a platform to become an influencer, to start like a podcast, like you, or just to you know start coaching, you can make money. But competing. I think for females, you don't make money. If you're a bodybuilder, yeah, like the top like five bodybuilders make
0: money. But everyone else, not really. It's just you do it for the love of the sport. Mm. Yeah, I always tell people, I'm like, we are professionals, but we're not football players. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, prof- the football players, you make killing and you don't even have to, you know, get on the field. You know, with us, I feel like the money really comes from what you make of it outside, like what business you want to build, or, you know what I mean? Whatever uh, business outside of, you know, competing you have, it can definitely um, help in that way. But actually doing the physical sport, not really. And what would you say about sponsors? Because I know you've been to the Olympia, and obviously, girls who have been to the Olympia or who do really, really well, they probably have a little bit more of. opportunity to make a little bit more money with sponsors but Mm -hmm. do you feel like you can make a lot of money with uh sponsorships um you know so like
1: the girls at place top three of, of you know the bikini division i presume that their sponsors do pay them or they give them some type of income or salary and if you're sponsored by bang like you get a pretty good you know income monthly um other than that, like, I don't get paid. I represent my companies because I truly believe in them. But I don't get paid by them. That's a thing. Hmm. And I think that's the same for a lot of us.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. I feel like a lot of people have this misconception that even with, like, you know, these companies, like, they're getting all of the, this money and they're, they're um, you know, they're living the life. But like you said, it it's not even like, I mean, you're doing very, very well in the sport, and you've built up a great name for yourself. And it's you know, it's like maybe top two, top three. You know, there's like three of us who are yes. really you know doing whatever. Not unless they have a business outside of competing. But if you do not, it's it's definitely like very, very tough. Exactly, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. What does being a professional in the sport mean to you, Monica?
1: It means that I have pushed myself to a point. My, my mindset and my body to a place where I'm competing, you know, at a high caliber, at high caliber, you know, shows, but being a professional, I think there comes a lot of responsibility with it. The responsibility, not to yourself, but just to others, because you are now influencing others and you have such an opportunity. Like you can take the opportunity and run with it or you can, you know, just, Or you can just not use it, but you have responsibility to others now because people look up to you. And I, I love that. Just that professional title. Yeah, it's cool. But I have opportunity to make an impact on so many lives. And that's my new purpose as being a professional athlete now in the sport.
0: Now, if you weren't an athlete, what would you be doing? And can you tell us a little bit about yourself outside of the competition realm? Yeah. So, I don't know what I would be doing. It would be something
1: in like fitness, of course. So I don't know if I'd get into CrossFit or, well, I don't know, like X Games or running or doing triathlons. I would be doing something that were, that's, you know, physical and requires a little bit of competition, like a triathlon. Even if it's just beating my time at a triathlon or a marathon or something, um, I just, I love health and fitness and I love pushing myself. Um, so it's, that that's what I would be doing outside of competing. Um, just something in the health and fitness space.
0: And how would you describe yourself outside of the fitness realm? Like, are you, you know, I mean, obviously you're so kind hearted. Like I remember it was so funny at the last show. Um, I think one of the girls had said, where's Monica? And I was like, I don't know, but, um, Oh no, no, no. They said, um, it was at the last show. Uh, someone had mentioned you and I said yes I saw her I asked her where the girls were and she pointed me in the right direction she seemed very happy about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> I remember I was like this girl is very very nice thank you so much because I was looking for the uh, the uh, dressing room <laughs> Yeah. Oh, <of laughs> so course. I already know that you're such a sweetheart but <laughs> what else can we should we know about yeah. you Yeah, I'm
1: always happy to help other women out I just think we just supporting each other makes such a big difference you know if we we, we pay it forward, you know? Um, I'm extremely like, I'm goofy outside of competing, even though I have, you know, I, I try and like stay in game face mode while I'm competing, but outside of competing, like I'm goofy. I love laughing. I love all kinds of humor, like dirty, raunchy, inappropriate, like everything offensive humor, just because I'm able to, you know, I don't get offended easily. So I'm I love going to like places that do comedy shows, or just I love going to the movies and watching movies all about comedy. I just I love laughing, um, and I love being outdoors. I hate staying inside, so I I try and like you know go outside and take a walk, or go to Six Flags, or um, you know just. walk the river by my apartment. I try and stay outdoors as much as possible because it makes me happy.
0: Yay, thank yeah. you. I feel like this this interview has been so amazing and we've learned just so much about you and there's just so much realism coming from you in all these different moments. You know, I'll never, yeah. I'll always remember when you said that you're like, I don't really know what my next show is gonna be because it's like hit or miss with my feelings and it's just so <laughs> awesome because all of us yes. are going through the same thing. You know what I mean? Even if mm-hmm. it, it could be, we could be a pro or it, it could be our first show and you know, or we could just be someone who's trying to. To freaking go to the gym on a normal schedule like we can all kind of relate yes. and i absolutely love this thank you i really appreciate it so we're coming to um the end of the um the interview and this is the bikini diaries question and you can answer this question any which way that you would like okay if That's there is- exciting yes <laughs> if there was one thing you could confess whether it be good or bad about your experiences as a competitor, fill in the blank, dear diary.
1: Oh, this is juicy. Okay. If there's one thing I could confess is that I'm a foodie. I love food. I still think about food. I still want to cheat on my diet. Like I still have those urges. I still have those cravings. I will walk up and down the aisles of Target, Sprouts, like, um, what else? Walmart, um, Trader Joe's, just to look at food on prep. I won't buy anything and I will not eat it. Um, I will look at the labels. I will, I will just like walk and walk up and then that, walk up and down the aisle and just look at food. Like I still obsess over food and I, I always will.
0: Yeah. That's so funny. I, I'm exactly the same way. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so interesting. Oh like, God. I fall for, like, the marketing. If there's a new Oreo, I want to go out and I want to look at it. I want to go look at the new cereals. Yes, I love that. That's so funny. And, Monica, what advice would you give to someone wanting to become a professional in the sport?
1: Just stay persistent and stay the course. It's going to happen. All our journeys are different. Your journey is meant for you. Keep your end goal in mind, but just, just keep going. Take it one day at a time and don't give up
0: yay thank you so much for being on today i love it yes thank you for having me i really appreciate it if you love this episode just as much as i love this episode and you know someone who may love this episode just as much as you and i loved this episode please pass them on to me it would mean the world to me if you could help me help others so please if you loved it it takes 30 seconds to leave me a five star review and share it with all of your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and always remember to never give up on your dreams.